Welcome to the Digital Health Insights Podcast, where NZ Hits CEO Scott Arrell brings you key thought leaders to share their experience, views, and vision on all things digital health and more. Full tech enablement is essential for creating world-class health systems, and Scott's guests discuss how this can be achieved, the challenges that need addressing, the opportunities it creates, and the benefits delivered to health, disability, and social care services in New Zealand and worldwide. Kia ora katoa. Hi there, listeners. It's fantastic that you've taken the time to join me today as I catch up with James Rice, who is the Global Sales Director for Orion Health. Orion Health is a fantastic Kiwi homegrown digital health success story that has a significant global footprint. James is a proud New Zealander and provides insights into his 20 plus years experience in the sector, operating here and in many international markets. There's also an important underlying watch this space message in this episode, as the past few years of hard graft has positioned Orion Health for growth with opportunities both locally and offshore. James and I also talk about the challenges and opportunities in building New Zealand's digital health export sector, along with the future of precision-driven health, what that means for us as individuals and collectively, and particularly when it comes to the current pandemic and other outbreaks in the future. Thanks again for joining us today. I really appreciate it. As always, please make sure to get in touch if you've got any feedback, comments, suggestions, or questions. Let me know if you'd like me to interview someone in particular and the questions you'd like me to ask them. Simply send an email direct to me at ceo at nzhit.nz. And also keep an eye on our website at nzhit.nz as there is an absolute plethora that's a great word. I haven't used that one before or for a very long time. <laughs> An absolute plethora of news, events, blogs, resources, a jobs board, and much more. Uh, those details again to contact me, CEO at nzhit.nz, and to check out the website, nzhit.nz. So let's go have a chat with James. Hi there, James. Thanks very much for joining us uh, with this uh, interview today with the Digital Health Insights with Scott Arrell podcast. And uh, how's it going for you? You know, for listeners, uh, we are recording this when New Zealand has sort of gone back into level two outside of Auckland, uh, which is in level three, so a more serious sort of level, of course. So, um, but James, you're not in Auckland, are you? You're, you're somewhere else in the country. So, why don't you tell us about how you're doing, uh, where you are, um, what's keeping you busy? Okay, well, hi, Scott, and uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm um, looking forward to participating in, in this podcast, which will actually be my first one ever. So uh, there you go, breaking the seal. Um, so <laughs> I'm in Wellington, so it's kind of strange because most of my colleagues are in Auckland. So whilst I yearn to be there with them in the office, they're not, of course, able to go to the office. So uh, it's back to Zoom and Teams and all the technical ways we uh, engage again. Um, a little bit unfortunate, but we're hopeful that, um, you know, Auckland will go back in the levels. Um, that would certainly be a good thing for us. Yeah, it must have, in terms of disruption or or not, you know, the, you're saying your, your team would normally be in Auckland. You've got, you know, your main office is in Auckland. It's, it's large. It obviously has a lot of people in it. Yeah, um, I mean. But, you, but you've got other people spread not only around New Zealand, but, but overseas as well, haven't you? Yeah, so more than half of our people are based overseas. So we have around about 350 people in our regional offices around the world. And, of course, everyone's scenario is a little bit different. And uh, I, I guess so looking a little bit internally, um, we've been uh, fortunate. Our, our ability to service our clients hasn't changed um, with the lockdown. And in terms of uh, 
activity, we're, we're busier than ever. So um, it, it's been, um, it hasn't been a bad thing for the business, although it has been very disruptive. Mm, yeah, it would be. And I, although what I've struck with members uh, that, you know, that I'm talking with you know, regularly, um, with the first lockdown that we had, things had to move pretty quickly. The whole ability to, to shift, it, you know, let's call it agile, pivot, flexible, whatever, you know, I, I was impressed and continue to be impressed with really how uh, not only our members, but the whole health sector has really adjusted so quickly, probably because it's driven towards you know, providing care for people who need care and need healthcare services, isn't it? They, it's, they just it's a it's, it's a factor of the the sector we operate in. Yeah, sure. It's um, you know, they, they in, in a lot of countries in the world, the healthcare system has been overwhelmed, and so that it's very impressive actually. They've been doing agile IT stuff, uh, you know on the fly in parallel to dealing with excess demand in their facilities. So I do tip my hat to uh, healthcare colleagues around the world. Um, they've done an amazing job. Mm. And for you yourself, you know, like, um, just for context for the listeners, it's, um, you know, there's people that will know you well and there'll be people who don't know you at all, even though that probably will come as a surprise to you. But, you know, we, we've got the international list, listeners now. Um, even there's someone listening to us from Brazil and and even someone in, in Nepal is listening into our podcast. So that's, um, let's assume they don't wow. know you, James. So why, why don't you talk about <laughs> Unless you've been to Nepal lately, uh, you, know, you probably don't know who it is. But well, the, no, I mean, you know, and of course, under Buddhism, you're not supposed to talk about oneself, right? But uh, since you asked. <laughs> so look, I'm, you know, for my sins, I'm 22 years in healthcare software. Um, I started it with a very small New Zealand company developing hospital pharmacy systems. Um, that, that company was acquired by an Australian company called IBA, who some folk may remember. Uh, that was the company that ultimately acquired iSoft. Uh, and I was very fortunate um, around 2010 to be managing director of that organization uh, for Asia Pacific, uh, Middle East and Africa. So um, travel was a normal part of my life. Um, uh, two years ago, I joined uh, Orion, which has been uh, fantastic. Uh, really, really interesting time to uh, join that company as it's um, we've been turning the business around after it hit some challenges a couple of years ago, which were pretty well um, reported in the press. But uh, yeah, no, fantastic company. And, you know, the marketplace uh, right now is as interesting as it's ever been. And uh, I'm sure like a lot of your listeners, we really hope that uh, Health IT gets the attention and funding it deserves to be able to, you know, address some of this technical debt and start to take advantage of some of the digital technologies that we all know can make such a difference. I agree. There's been, you know, I guess I've been six years in this role, but many more years in the health sector in New Zealand. And and for all of those years, you know, we've talked about, uh, it's, it's uh, when I reflect on it, it's, it's almost like we've talked about this time, you know, where, you know, we've got to invest and, you know, a number of us have banged on about this for a long time. It's not just digital health, it's in the whole health sector. Um, now, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate the way we've dealt with it. Um, however, you know, it's got to raise the profile, which it has, and the awareness of how much healthcare is uh, affects all of our lives, and particularly when we when we need it the most when there's a pandemic like this. Um, you're talking about your long term, like twenty plus years in the sector. Uh, NZ Hit's been around for eighteen years now. This year, it's our eighteenth year. You've been. Yeah, and you've been a member um, right from the outset, and and then also served on its board for a while there too, haven't you? Yeah, that's right, Scott. Um, <clears throat> I was uh, invited in, I guess, to participate, I think, around year two um, when it was the Health IT cluster, and it was very much the formative years, I guess. Uh, at the time, as I mentioned earlier, I had a, 
a small New Zealand um, health IT company. So I was really, uh, my interest in the cluster, as it was called at the time, was could it um, uh, help with export opportunities for that business? Um, in the end, we uh, sold the whole business to an overseas company. So in some ways, uh, yeah, there was a one-off transaction. But um, no, and, and look, you know, even as when I was at DXC, um, we always found the NZ Hit to be a, a really useful organisation. Um, you know, we, we continue to support the organisation. Uh, you know, you've got some very um, good people on your board. And yeah, I mean, we, we you know, as you know, we um, we enjoy the engagement and um, benefit from it. Yeah, and I appreciate your support because, you know, now, you know, obviously you're with Orion now. Orion, you know, and Ian McRae were one of the founders of uh, the cluster, uh, NZ Health IT cluster, as it was has been called for a long time up until sort of six years ago, although we're still officially known, you know, like we're an incorporated society. So, you know, our official documents are still the New Zealand Health IT Cluster Incorporated. Um, we just use the acronym of NZHIT, um, you know, really as a, as a marketing and branding branding um, exercise, so people can just just um, know the, what, what, who we are, what we are uh, immediately. Um, you know, Ian and Orion Stool, you know, back then and Stool are big supporters, and um, great that that you're working with Orion now too. And I really appreciate the support from all of you. Uh, you know, well, it's important. Well, I, uh, it, it's funny because I I met Ian at one of those early meetings so, so uh, and he, he now pays my wages right so uh yeah it's uh, still providing value scott yeah yeah and it's a funny world and in, in, in a way but for new zealanders that's not uncommon is it you know we talk about we're we're only two degrees away from each other you know and it's of knowing someone who knows someone and you know that's kind of, that's kind of the, the new zealand way isn't it well i think even more so in health it right it's such a small community and a lot of the people um, you know, have devoted a huge amount of their careers to the sector. So you do, yeah, you do make friends and it's, um, yeah, it's competitive too, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a nice community. Yeah, great. And um, actually both Orion and, uh, well, DXC as they, they are now, uh, I think three years ago we celebrated our 15-year uh, in existence and um, I was really pleased and proud to be able to hand out or privileged really to hand out. We we had sort of... Um, uh, sort of memorial sort of trophies, I would call them, or, or, or markers that for those founding members. And even though DXC is a different name from when they first started, you know, they, they did sort of were here from one of those early days. So so it was really great to do that with, with quite a few of those members. Probably in that we, we marked we marked the first couple of years of a of um NZ Hits existence in that way. I think I collected Ian's gong on his behalf. That was at a at Hims a couple of years ago, wasn't it? That, that's right, yeah, and in Wellington, yeah. So you did, yeah. That's right, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, yeah. it's probably sitting proud of place at you know on his man, at his on his mantel mantelpiece now, wouldn't it? Well, you assume I gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's in the trophy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, struggling for space, but it's in the trophy cabinet. <laughs> nice, yeah, great. Um, well, let, let's talk a bit about business, and you know, because you, Orion's, you know, New Zealand, um, uh, born and bred and grown uh, through hard graft and and, and investment, um, and not only operates in New Zealand now, but is global global organisations, and one that we should all be very proud of, frank, frankly. So, you know, what's what the, and your role encompasses an international um, uh, sort of scope. So, what what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, with COVID and in general, anyway, the trends around the world and things you're dealing with um, as a as an individual, but also Orion as a company. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I mean, it's um, you know, health, health's generally uh, in most of our markets funded publicly, and so we do get 
um, changes in our markets when there's you know political conditions change uh, and the demand uh, goes up and down depending on who's in power and what and what what they're doing. But um, certainly, what we're seeing at the moment is a huge amount of demand from our existing accounts. And the the reason I'm um, stressing existing accounts is it's always a long process to. Uh, I guess, design, implement, and uh, have adoption uh, of a new health IT system. Uh, we know that. So clients are much um, can get much more value by doing incremental stuff on what they're already using. Right? So a lot of our existing accounts have developed new pathways, both for um, clinical pathways for COVID patients that turn up at hospital and also for managing patients while they're uh, at their homes to keep them out of hospital. And so that's something that's really easy to achieve in our software. Um, and then there's been some new customers as well where uh, places that, I guess, didn't have IT systems to start with and needed to do something in a hurry uh, were scanning the world. We, we, we just finished a uh, implementation in French Guyana, uh, interestingly, of all places. And um, their issue was that they have a pretty soft border between them and Brazil. And Brazil, I think, has currently got the second highest uh, outbreak in the world. And so a lot of people were crossing the border to try and get mm -hmm. uh, health care provided um, in French Guyana. And so um, we've, given, uh, we've implemented a system called remote patient monitoring um, that allows them to care for their already uh, sick, so this is for mostly for chronic disease type patients, so that they don't have to turn up at hospital and risk getting um, even sicker, if you like. Uh, so that's a solution that we developed out of Quebec in Canada, and we've uh, also rolled it out in Paris as part of the um, COVID response. So yeah, um, so that's stuff we weren't expecting, but uh, we've got a neat little piece of technology that runs on iPads, um, which allows patients to engage with their clinical teams without having to be face to face. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, you, yeah, here's a New Zealand company, you know, operating, you know, in in, in those areas around the world, uh, particularly at a time like this. So, you know, good on you, great stuff. Um, how's Orion going in general? You know, and, um, you know, it might be touching on a bit of a sensitive spot here, but you know, there was a period there when when uh, Orion went public. Um, unfortunately, I you know, my belief is the the good old Kiwi knocking machine or the tall poppy syndrome kicked in, and particularly with the media, you know, there was you know there was a lot of skin knocked off, as I as I say, uh, which you know unnecessarily it felt at times. So you know you you've come through that, and yeah, you know, so have. how's it going now? You know, what are the things you can? Yeah, yeah. So so you know hindsight. Yeah, so give us a, give us a view. Yeah. And bear in mind, I I joined Orion two just over two years ago, so. Um, uh, in fact, the, the day the day after I started, we announced the um, the sale of Rhapsody. So it was right in the sort of the midst of uh, fixing the problems that we we had. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's been uh, it's been quite good fun. I, I I really enjoy working on companies and and solving challenges. Um, you know, there's nothing uh, hugely scientific about how we've turned it around. We've um, you know uh, grown our revenue, grown our profitability, and taken cost out. You know, it, it's it's not more complex than that. Um, we were set up for um, accelerated growth, and the accelerated growth didn't really come. Um, the analogy I'd probably use, I had a meeting with the shareholders the other day, is, you know, we've, we've closed all of the shops that weren't making money, and uh, we're now a profitable business based on those, those shops we've retained. So we are a smaller business than we were. We're 650 people worldwide. Uh, revenues 130 million. Of course, we don't have to tell anyone that now, being a privately listed company. But um, you know, it's uh, it's still a sizable organisation, and um, we're now at that point where we've um, 
you know, we, we, the old strategy was the, the steps to profitability. We've got there now, so we're now moving into a, a growth mode. So, yeah, things are going very well. Yeah. Oh, great. And that's good to hear. You know, um, you know you've know, you talked about you know, your commitment to the, the, the sector, uh, not only in New Zealand but internationally, you know, over a long period of time. Uh, Ian McRae, and he's been doing it for longer than that, hasn't he? Yes, and, he has. Yeah. And he's just, yeah, and it, you know, it must be a proud and passionate uh, Kiwi. Um, because at times he's, you know, he's seen some rough times. He's probably dipped into his own back pocket to pay wages at times, wouldn't he? I certainly did. Um, I shouldn't really talk on his behalf, but I know for a fact that, um, you know, personally he he made a lot of commitments to um, keeping the business going. And um, thank goodness he did because, uh, you know, I think one thing that wasn't lost on me because, of course, when Orion first uh, hit its troubles, I wasn't working at Orion, right? But I did know from being in the industry that 20 district health boards uh, relied on Orion software uh, in a big way. And so it's not really good news for Kiwis if um, if Orion's not strong. Mm, you know? Yeah, exactly. And um, talking about then yeah, the international spread and you, 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 the revenue you mentioned uh, gets me onto another topic, actually. And it's a bit of a bit of a passionate one for me because it actually does hark back to the original reason why the cluster back then was formed, which was about bringing um, so sector players together, pioneers really, and in the, the digital health, health IT sector and then the likes of New Zealand Trade and Enterprise and the Ministry of Health, who also jumped on board. And it was really about export back then, wasn't it? It was about a, a, an association to help build export growth. And yeah, I mean, you, you would have been, as you say, you were involved because of that. Yeah, yeah it certainly started that way. Um, you know, we, we reached the conclusion pretty quickly in, in, in my little company that New Zealand wasn't a big enough market for an organisation like ours to reach its potential. Um, you know, for... For those that know the sector, we we were providing um, a pharmacy system called ePharmacy, which was pretty successful. I think nearly every district health board uses it. But that change and that adoption took 20 years. Um, So as a business owner, as an investor, it's not enough. Um, New Zealand's not enough to, to, you know, grow a a decent-sized company in this space. Um, But interestingly, uh, the, the cluster also, the cluster as it was known back then, also had a number of members that weren't New Zealand companies, but they did have substantial operations here in New Zealand. And so I guess I'd define my passion as, you know, people that invest in New Zealand health IT uh, are, the, are the community I'm referring to here. So if, you know, if someone from overseas is prepared to open an office here and hire New Zealanders to support their New Zealand customers, then as far as I'm concerned, that's all part of the same economic benefit. The, the difference, though, I think, and, and it's particular for companies like Orion, is um, our export opportunity is huge. Um, you know, mm-hmm. If you talk about global market share, we're in single, single digits from a percentage point of view, um, if, if that <laughs> could be decimal places. Um, but yet, you know, 90% of our revenue currently comes from overseas. So that's 100 115, 117 million of export revenue and poised to grow. So, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, I don't know whether it's COVID related or what, but the you know the government seems to be um, prom- promoting a New Zealand made uh, sort of theme, and that's fine. We we like that. Obviously, the, our advantage is being a New Zealand customer, but it's not just about um, that transaction. It's about future transactions exporting that newly created IP. So we'd love to be uh, innovating here and selling that innovation overseas. I think everyone wins in that scenario. Mm, yeah, and I agree, and that's where you know, as I said to you before, and to quite a few others actually, the you know, if we, if if I may, if we peel 
the Iran contribution to the digital health export sector, if we peel that away, um, what we're, what's exposed is we can look at it in two two angles. What's exposed is a a, a relatively weak digital health export sector, um, uh, or on the other hand, a massive opportunity for us mm-hmm. uh, because we actually have some fantastic innovators. We've got, a, and then if we put Orion back into the equation, we've got you know a, a major organisation that's driven and understands how to drive international and export markets, and then we've got others. Uh, at a much smaller scale, who could get bigger? And so we've got to kind of work out the equation here. What you know, there's a the problem is, um, what is the problem? And and I think yeah, I'm not I'm trying not to predetermine that. I think there are some policy issues around government settings and and then the likes of New Zealand Trade and Enterprise that that makes it difficult for you know kind of a single single operator, sole operator, you know, with not a lot of money in the back pocket to go offshore, but some of them do because they're just so passionate about it and what they've um, invented, what they've developed, you know, the world actually does want. So so we've got some really great opportunities here and, you know, and you must see it uh, regularly, wouldn't you? Yeah, and look, I think the government's actually really trying hard and has been really helpful to organisations like Orion. Um, we, we get contributions towards development. Um, we were successful um, with the first wave of COVID uh, innovation funding, um, and we, we stood up a um, machine learning or an algorithm manager uh, in the cloud nationally, free for use for all New Zealand healthcare organisations. So, you know, th- there is support there and we do use it. There's also a network of people around the world, NZTE people, who are very connected and they, they help us meet people we need to influence. So they really try. I think where I'm talking is more at the procurement end. So when a health organisation puts together its requirements and goes to market for something, it's focused on the solution it needs to solve the problem it's got. But the secondary benefit of buying off a New Zealand company or creating or innovating with a New Zealand company is never part of that procurement process. So you you never get an, a, an opportunity to talk about that extra value for New Zealanders that comes with those products being um, built by New Zealand companies and exported. And I don't know whether yeah, that's and I agree with that too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! Well, I think it's a problem that has to be solved, and yeah, and I agree with you. you know, members like yourselves, and and obviously at a smaller scale, but are in um, the you know, let's say that well, I think it might be the the, the group of seven hundred or so. Um, you get massive um, opportunities or services opened up to you around the country. Uh, the trade and enterprise approach is is excellent. There's a lot of money uh, investment put into that. You know, taxpayer investment. I agree with that. I think the sector itself, you know, ourselves. Um, have got to take more more charge, take become more in charge of our destiny, and I think that's where a lot of it sits. So we, you know, you're you know have just committed to support the New Zealand Health Tech Opportunities Report, and really appreciate that. And that's going to start. That's being developed now as we speak. One of the areas or segments in there is going to be about export, and so, um, and I. I, I prefer to talk about it as an opportunity rather than than a, a problem. Um, or a weakness the opportunity here is to is to really grow a lot more export market and i think we've got to take we've got to take control of that we've got to take our destiny in our hands and say well okay uh, you know we've got a lot of great innovation happening in new zealand if we put a plan together and a strategy and work with with uh, all the government agencies that will help um, I reckon you know we've got we've got a billion dollar um, sector on our hands in a few years time if we if we really get our act together and coordinate it 
absolutely agree, hundred percent. And and it's a you know it's an industry that's still underserved, right, worldwide. It's st- it's still a cottage industry. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And 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 I hear it a lot now. I think um, COVID uh, from a positive, if if the, if we can talk about a positive out of COVID is. Um, uh, many parts of the world, probably the rest of the world, if I can be that bold, has kind of stood up and thought, oh, gosh, we never even really knew about this New Zealand, but look at what they're doing. And, you know, even though we were in lockdown, we were, you know, it was kind of our results were were trending really well at the time. So, um, and I got so many inquiries from international operators and um, uh, just, just saying, well, what's going on in New Zealand? Is, is, is there opportunities? Um, and vice versa. What, what are New Zealand companies doing? You know, that could be done elsewhere in the world, which which um, is great. Um, and talking about that, then, so what's the future look like? So, uh, if we're talking about, say, Orion in particular, what if you were to say, oh, well, you're going to wave a magic wand, or we'll, we'll, let's get in a time machine, cast forward five or more years? You know, what's your view of the future for Orion? Yeah, yeah, and and I'm glad you said the five years or so because you know our vision and what we really want to do realistically is going to take many years because it involves lots of change, right, in the healthcare system and, and investment, and it takes time to do things. So, you know, I, I think the near term will resemble the past, but accelerated. So we, we're definitely experiencing higher demand. We're seeing some instances where procurement's being streamlined and budgets are being fast-tracked. And so those sort of things are traditional barriers to, to health IT adoption. Um, there'll be some trends. Uh, you know, we're obviously seeing you know, the, the bigger mission in the uh, ecosystem at the moment is people have developed patient portals and patient engagement apps and things like that, but they're very siloed uh, and not very well adopted. Um, now, uh, you know, call this our Y2K moment, um, everyone's scrambling to get these things in place. Uh, also, some of the new data types that are becoming available, so the shift from papers prescribing to electronic prescribing is creating a whole wealth of, of medications data that, you know, we've got really smart analytics tools that can, you know, apply things like machine learning across that, and, and it's really um, new ground, right, new data, but of course, you know, to the medical community, having just a current list of medications is a hugely valuable uh um, position to be in because they can generally uh, tell what's um, uh, what health conditions someone may be suffering from from the medications they're taking. It, it is that simple, right? So, yeah, we're really excited about opportunities in, in those sort of trending areas. Um, but if you ask me where it goes in five years, so, okay, I, I, I reckon I've got an answer for this. So what I think about is um, every, every other industry outside of health is using machine learning and AI to kind of predict what consumers want, right? And I don't understand why, you know, healthcare, which is a massive part of the world global GDP and something that affects all of us and wellness more now than ever so is a, a huge focus on, you know, lifestyles and so forth. Um, why isn't, why aren't those technologies from other industries being applied to health? And to put it in simple terms, it would be this. You know, my, my device, my phone knows a lot about me. Um, it knows a lot about my whole family, in fact. And when I start looking for things through my device, I get all sorts of suggestions based on what everyone else has been looking for, all right? So it might know where I want to go on holiday next, for example. Uh, it, it will certainly know how much money I've got in my bank account and a whole lot of other things, right? But it doesn't really give me any good advice uh, on healthcare. So I'd like to wake up and have my phone tell me that I should do some exercise because it notices that I haven't done any for two days. Uh, you know, it, it maybe wants to tell me that I should consider eating healthy or drinking less or, 
you know, or maybe my blood pressure's high or my, you know, there'll be something. It, it already can passively know that. Why can't it tell me and give me some lifestyle instructions on the fly? Um, so, I, I, you know, it, it's just, it's to me, it's healthcare is behind because no one's investing enough in it. And the gains are just so huge, potentially, um, that it just warrants more investment, in my view. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And and yeah, a lot of us are experiencing uh, components of that in any case, and already, and it's sort of pulling it all together. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a crazy sort of a runner, and uh, but really only a weekend warrior um, as such. And so my my run watch and it and its connection app, it's this app basically that goes with it. You know, if I'm if I'm overdoing it. Um, it picks that up through the algorithms, and and I get a message saying, you know, I'm, I, I'm probably overtraining at the moment, or you know, or, or, goodness forbid that I would ever overtrain, but it would tell me that. Um, it also tells me the opposite too. If it tells me that my fitness is declining, um, and because my training, you know, my trends have gone down rather than up, so it, it gives me these these warnings as well. It tracks my heart rate, tells me about that. If there's uh, if there's a problem with that, um, if it, if it detects there's a problem with that, may not mean there is a problem, but it's detected. Yeah, the, um, the, the problem I have, I mean, it tells me about my sleep. Yeah, I mean, that, those things are great, but they, I, I mentioned before I feel like they're silos. Um, you know, yeah, wouldn't it wouldn't it be great if the app knew you better and knew what your preconditions are, what your health history has been, which what allergies you have. Um, you know, I know you can enter in your weight and your age and it can treat you as generally someone of that weight and that age and so forth. But, you know, really we need to move towards precision medicine where the health advice you're getting, whether it be face-to-face or through an app or whatever, is specific to you as an individual. And that could be based on your genome, based on your health history, current conditions uh, and and your current activities, right? Um, But at the moment, it's a bit like you know how we train doctors. They 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 get trained to deal with a condition, and it's less about the actual person because uh, they don't have the information at hand to put, bring that dimension in. Um, so yeah, the more the more information we have around a person, their health history, their social determinants, their genetics, um, you know, doctors uh, or, or, or computers can make more informed recommendations. Mm-hmm. And and I, what I've seen, you know, six years in this role. So when I sort of rocked along and haven't been in the health sector for a while before, then in in care delivery, you know, the um, it was talked a little bit about tech or digital tech in this case being an enabler of healthcare delivery, and we framed that up over the last few years, you know, quite specifically, so that we were positioning digital health um, particularly as a key enabler. And in the Simpson report that was released, I was really pleased to see sort of two key enablers um, mentioned in particular, and one was workforce, the other one was was uh, digital tech. Um, so that, to me, kind of said, hey, we've kind of come of age as, as an enabler, uh, but for the last year or two, I've actually been saying, well, that's not enough anymore. Um, coming back to my sports watch, that's an enabler for me, but it takes up your point. It, it, you know, it's siloed. So, you know, sort of the framing that, that we're putting around this now and it'll come through in that report that I mentioned, uh, it's about achieving full tech enablement. So each of us will have some enablers. We download an app. It enables us, right? Um, probably doesn't – if it's not connected, if it's not full, reaching that whole full enablement, then then it's just an isolation. It's It becomes, um, well, fairly useless fairly quickly. Yeah, but I think I think the ministry's answer to this is a very good one, right? The Ministry of Health, I mean. So um, the NHIP strategy, the National Health Information Platform strategy, mm. 
um, kind of encourages best of breed. What I mean by that is uh, encourages innovation for things that solve a point problem, but building it or making the technology in such a way that it then connects into the ecosystem. So that, you know, uh, in a perfect world, um, you don't go and buy one thing that does everything. Uh, because that stifles innovation, you leave opportunities open for the developer community to say, well, hey, there's a there's a publicised API here. I think I can add value to that healthcare process by building a widget that plugs into it. Um, so I think that, that interoperability strategy is a good one. Uh, and as I say, I think it will encourage innovation. Yeah, to- totally support that. Exactly. And, um, yeah, the more more that that develops the, and the quicker, the better. The um, COVID really, and just finishing off on this, you know, uh, what COVID has done for us has actually accelerated that anyway, isn't it? It's like, um, you know, we've got to start joining these dots much quicker. Um, it's something that has to be achieved because um, it, it does come back to, you talk about uh, precision-driven health or per- personalised so, a- approach to my health Uh you know, we are going to have to get used to living with, with uh, not just this COVID, but other variants as it comes along. Um, knowing more about us indiv- as individuals becomes even more important. Uh, you know, and I think even when we get to a vaccine, we, we you know, let's say we've, we're nearly all of us are vaccinated for this particular um, uh, p- pandemic or virus. Um, there's others that are going to come along as well. So. Um, you know, we've seen the importance of the genomic testing, identifying the genome, the RNA mm, of mm. of particular um, outbreaks, and you know, just how important that's now becoming, isn't it? Yeah, certainly. And um, yeah, it's been the, the kind of talking of vaccines, it's kind of the shot in the arm um, <laughs> the industry needed in some ways. Uh, but look, I think, <laughs> you know, there, there's there's key, key pieces of information that a health professional uh, wants right, and in the COVID world, it's you know, is the, has the patient been positive or negative? If it's positive, yep. What's the genetic sequencing, and how do we identify where that came from? Um, there's a real uh, yeah drive to have this adoption, isn't there? Because can you imagine trying to manage tracing, um, contact tracing without IT? <laughs> yeah, yes. just where would you start? Right, it's just impossible. So, yeah. Um, Unfortunate circumstances globally, but out of it, you know, may, maybe there will be a, a positive externality with some, you know, adoption of, of health IT, which is what we've been lobbying for for many, many years now, haven't we, Scott? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I've got and yeah, huge opportunities ahead. And, and so on that note, I think that's a great place to stop now. And uh, but what what has happened? I've said I've said that this to so many of my other guests on the show that uh, our conversation today just now has um, opened up a whole lot of other questions. So what that does mean for you, James, is I'll get you back to do your second ever podcast sometime, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. I, I'm very happy to. And th- look, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, uh, you know, share some information around how Orion's doing. Um, we've been quiet, quite intentionally now for a, a couple of years, but um, you know, we're 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 feeling strong again, and you know, we're we're looking forward to collaborating um, with others in the New Zealand sector to solve some really cool problems here. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm hearing. I'm hearing. Uh, watch the space. It's um, yeah, yeah that's exciting. So, indeed. Okay, thanks, James. And hey, thanks, listeners, for joining in. I, I know you would have enjoyed this uh, interview with James Rice from Orion Health. And uh, uh, like many others, it just uh, outlines the opportunities in the sector and the hardworking people and the investment going in uh, to look after people in their, in their time of need. So thank you, James. See you later. Yeah, cheers, Scott. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Digital Health Insights Podcast with Scott Errol. Make sure to subscribe and join us again for more news, views and stories from key health and tech leaders. 
For more information, please head to our website at www.nzhit.nz, where you'll find links to resources, news, events, and much more.